Welcome to Ex Libris On Air and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled Meeting and Frank, an anthology. And joining me from Malta is one of the co-authors or contributors to this, Joy Gotha. Welcome to the program. Hello, Jay. Nice to be here. Pleasure to visit with you. This is a, a collaborative effort, and many, many uh, people did contribute to this from around the globe. Uh, the idea certainly is not necessarily unique to talk about Anne Frank. She was a wonderful, wonderful example of, uh, I don't know, fortitude, strength. How would you describe Anne and why this book got written? Anne, to us, played a very important role somehow throughout our lives. And so we wanted to write this book to give the readers uh, a personal um, view into our journey with Anne throughout our lives. Um, us as the contributors, most of us heard of her at a young age. And so Anne has gone through a lot with us. Maybe her diary has been read by a lot of um, people by, throughout many times in their lives. And so we just wanted to give out what Anne Frank is to us and who, who she is to us, what she means to us. And it included a lot of research, I'm sure. Anne died at a very young age, and uh, her, her origins, she wanted to be a, a, an author or a writer or a, a journalist of some type when she was very, very young. And yet she yeah. passed uh, because of uh, the circumstances of World War II. At a, at a young age, was it 14 or 15 when she finally died? She was 15 years 16. old, a few months short of her 16th birthday. Incredible life story. And if you go to uh, the Netherlands, you can uh, actually visit and tour her home. Share a little of her story and, and uh, how it got to be written and ended up in, not anthology, but ended up in our world dictionary, in, in, in understandings around the, the globe of different uh, nationalities, different countries, they all have heard, or many have heard, of Anne Frank. That's right. Anne Frank was a normal teenager, a normal child, um, up until she had to go into hiding in 1942. Um, unfortunately, she got separated from her family and taken into a concentration camp where she died at the age of 15, as we mentioned earlier. Yes. I think that she obviously became um, quite well known because of the publication of her diary. But I think that she is such an, an inspiration to so many people, starting off with children, teenagers, and adults. When I first heard of Anne Frank, I was only um, seven years old. Um, and we'd learned about her in school. So as from a young age, we were taught that she is a very important figure in history. Um, I only researched more when I was 11, when I read her diary for the first time. Mm. And that is some actually a, a read that led to my travels to the Netherlands to visit her home when I was 13 years old. Um, a little bit after that, we started writing the anthology. I was 14 when I um, wrote my pieces. Um, that was two years ago. Wow. Ah, you, you can identify with her as a young adult then. That's right. I think that's something that really struck me about Anne Frank when I first read her diary. As I told you, I was 11 and I had many um, insecurities and thoughts about becoming a teenager. 
and I related to her a lot and I was very um, wowed by the fact that she lived decades ago and yet some of my thoughts are just like hers. Nowadays as a 16 year old um, I view the diary differently. I'm older than her and so I think to myself what could advice could I have, could I have given to her and to myself when I was at her at their at the same age. How did the other contributors, uh, what is their approach to this book, which is a little over 400 pages, if I remember correctly, uh, how did they contribute? Um, everyone wrote their chapters. We have a chapter of biography, uh, which we talk about ourselves and who we are. Um, there's obviously the part of contribution about um, who Anne Frank is to us, how we met her. And obviously everyone has their different story and their different journey with Anne Frank. Um, some of us even wrote poems. Um, I'm one of them. I wrote the uh, poem about Anne Frank and the history of World War II as well in the book. Uh, it's called The History Repeated. And I guess everyone did their contribution in talking about how Anne Frank affected them and how they met her. She was a wonderful uh, character uh, or a wonderful I don't know how to describe exactly what she is. She's she's an icon in history for sure, Definitely. and and as a young lady, uh, kept a diary and also was instrumental in saving many of uh, the Jewish neighbors and uh, people in in her area in in uh, the Netherlands. Uh, is that a an accurate description of her? Well, I think that Anne did her the best that she could as the 13-year-old that she was when she went into hiding. Um, as you would realize, 13 is quite a tender age to be in that situation. Yes. So the best that she did was really impactful to those around her. The diary itself, is it a long read? I personally have not read the diary of Anne Frank. I have seen it and have not uh, gone into the details that are, are encompassed in the pages. Share a little of uh, what she actually talks about in there and how it impacted you. Anne talks about her life. It's not just some normal book, some normal diary. Um, she gives very detailed description of the way she lived and what life was like. And not only that, but also what she was thinking and what she was feeling. Mm. And I think that's what made me connect with her the most. Because... Okay, now I have a lot of friends my age, but we rarely share those types of feelings together. Right, right. So I wouldn't know if the things that I'm feeling are normal, if the things that I'm feeling are felt by anyone else. And I guess Anne gave me that okay, that other people are like me, that what I feel is normal, and that I'm not alone. And I think that's how I connected with her, because I saw her as a friend that I never had the chance to meet, but I was very close to her in spirit. How did all of the other contributors, how did you connect as a group? I know there was a Facebook page at one point, but then it broke away and became something else. Uh, is that how you connected? Um, yes, we all connected with Tim through the page, I think. I, that's how I connected for sure. Um, then we met each other um, after the idea of the anthology had already started. Um, we got to know each other and we got to share um, our stories after the pieces were written. And it was a very wonderful experience to meet other people, obviously, of different age groups. I'm the youngest author. And so it was very interesting to hear the stories of other people who are older than me about the same matter that I was talking about. 
And Tim Whitholm uh, is uh, the coordinator. Would that be the way to describe his contribution to this? Because he is listed on the book cover as uh, an editor. Yes, he did um, take care of the editing and he did really help us combine everything together. Um, He was really like the glue to our project. What is the hope of this? Uh, again, there have been many books written uh, regarding the life of Anne Frank and her contribution to the world, but what do you think is the importance of this book? Um, we want the readers to realize that Anne Frank was more than just a figure that represents the Holocaust. She was a student, just like I am. She was a sister. She was a daughter, a friend, and she felt feelings and she lived just like you and I live. Um, she was once carefree and happy, um, just like we were at that age probably, but because of a historical blowout, her childhood was taken away from her, as well as with the rest of her life. And so we just want to show who and Frank is to us, the impact she left, and why she's such an iconic person. What was the importance of Margot, her older sister, and mom? Of course, obvious there are obvious connections there, but uh, Margot's not mentioned much in history other than there is some references in your book. How do you feel she should be remembered also? I think Margot should be remembered very well. Um, as a sister, um, I think that a sister leaves a big impact in a girl's life. I know that my younger sister leaves a big impact in mine. Hmm. So I can only imagine what an older sister does. Um, So I think that a sister of such an important person should be remembered as well. She kept a diary as well. So there are a lot of feelings of thoughts that Margot had written, but we never found, we don't know about. Hmm. And I think that she should be remembered as a person who lived as well, not just Anne Frank's sister. One thing that's also contemporary, I believe, in this story is the rise of anti-Semitism. And Anne certainly uh, experienced that, and the Jewish uh, people of uh, Great Britain and all the other nations, or at least the nations of Europe, uh, suffered Mm -hmm. deeply during World War II. And we're seeing in our contemporary time in 2021, when this is being recorded, there is a a, a rise again uh, of uh, disdain for people of the Jewish culture. How did you address that in the book, and and what's the significance of that? I certainly wrote about that. Um, Many think that anti-Semitism is a thing of the past, a thing of World War II, Hmm. um, decades ago, but it certainly is still present now, as well as discrimination against other religions. I think that we need to bring awareness about this, because if Anne Frank was still alive, she would too. Um, the the world is definitely divided by race, religion, um, color, background, and I think that in, in this kind of world, we cannot be divided by these things anymore. Um, we should be accepting and loving to anyone. Um, that ties to the book, because Anne Frank loved, and Frank uh, loved unity, mm. and loved other people. And I think that this book would also give off that message. It will also give the reader, if they're younger, uh, an insight into the 
dangers of anti-Semitism that uh, certainly right. were prevalent in World War II and, and hopefully be a cautionary tale for them as well. Is there any other, uh, was there difficulty in getting this to press? Uh, was there any dangers or, or difficult areas that uh, you had to overcome in order to get this published? Well, we did have small difficulties when it came to publishing, but they weren't um, really much of big challenges. I think that once the book came out and it was open to the public and open to the world, I think that all the challenging parts were made worth it because our word or opinion was out to share. And I think that's what matters and that's what the aim of the book was. Um, it was to really show the world what we really think about this. 20 contributors, uh, amazing undertaking, and yet it came together. And how long did it take uh, exactly to get this done? Was it just a couple of years or, or longer? It was two and a half years. As I told years. you, I started when I had just turned 14, and now I'm 16 and a half. Incre so that's exactly the time it took. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, you have done a phenomenal job in sharing this story. Uh, is there anything that, in your opinion, what is the underlying message that the reader is going to take from this? Again, it's it's about 400 pages. It, it is a lengthy read, but they can pick up and read someone's opinion or account really throughout the book and be inspired by that would be my, you know, my understanding of, of how to approach this. What is your feeling should be the most important message of this, of this book, uh, Meeting Anne Frank? Meeting Anne Frank um, gives us the full raw emotions of the authors about Anne Frank. And I think that, as I have mentioned before, Anne Frank is seen as just a figure who is a reminder of the Holocaust. Mm. With this book, we just want to show who Anne Frank was and that how something like a diary um, can impact so many people. How sharing your story can help someone, can inspire someone. Beautiful. And that no matter what your age is, you can still change the world, yes. Beautiful thought. Beautiful thought. And, uh, and I believe, if I could, um, might describe this, although most of the contributors to this are uh, not of an, an age that would have been contemporary with Anne necessarily, they embrace her as a sister. Would that also be a good description? Yes, definitely. I think that, as I mentioned at the beginning of the interview, um, most of us met and Frank heard of her when we were at a young age, and we read the diary uh, various times throughout our lives. So yes, I think that at some point we all saw her as a sister, as a friend. Beautiful. The title of the book again, and it's a wonderful read, titled Meeting and Frank, an anthology. And it's edited mm -hmm. by Tim Whittem. Uh, where do we get copies of this? Um, you can get copies um, through the link of the Ex Libris um, publishing company. And it's also on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, uh, and Kindle. Excellent. They can also request this from a local bookseller if they choose and uh, ask for it under the title Meeting and Frank Anthology and also by one of the contributors and editor, Tim Whittem. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yes. 
and uh, they will yes. be able to get that ordered in and enjoy this read. It's been a pleasure visiting with you, Joy. This is a, a fascinating, fascinating idea and a book that really is uh, very timely in the way it's being uh, distributed and introduced to the public. Uh, thank you for joining me from Malta uh, again. I would like to give a last message for Absolutely. all the young listeners please. that might be listening in. Yes, please do. They say that kids can dream big. And I, as a kid, dreamt very big. At the age of nine, I wanted to be an author when I grew up. Um, when I was given the opportunity to write in this anthology when I was 14, um, it was a huge, huge opportunity. It was the door to this industry for me. Two and a half years writing in this anthology um, really helped me mature. And from back then to now, I see a difference in my writing, the way I present myself, my ambitions, even career-wise. So working with other contributors have definitely helped me flourish into the career that I have always dreamed of since I was a little girl. Only a few years ago, I was chatting away and dreaming with my mom and my grandparents at home about how I want to be, to be a writer. And I would have never guessed in a million years that at the age of 16, I would be where I am today. Whilst my grandpa passed before he got to see the book, I'm really happy that my mom and my grandmother got to witness one of my biggest childhood dreams come true. And so the message that I want to give off to other, to other young listeners is that never, you should never give up on your dreams. It's always possible. Joy, wonderfully said and wonderfully put. Uh, you certainly, uh, we've not met personally, but uh, my opinion is that you've far surpassed your given age. I would never have, su <laughs> never have suspected that you were just in your teens, if I may use that prerogative or, or pejorative yeah. uh, term. You, you certainly have matured beyond your years, and this subject material, I'm sure, had, a, had an impact that may have also stimulated your growth as an author. Beautifully put. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, the title of the book, Meeting Anne Frank Anthology, edited by Tim Whittem. And my guest who has joined me from Malta is Joy Gaffa. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story. You've been an inspiration. Thank you. For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at TogiNet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com that's s-c-o-t-t at t-o-g-i-n-e-t r-a-d-i-o dot com Greetings for Ex Libris On Air this is J. Douglas Barker I have a book that is a fascinating book and one that perhaps has uh, listed on the cover one of the most stunning individuals in 
history, at least recent history, a young lady named Anne Frank. The title is Meeting Anne Frank, an anthology, and it's edited by Tim Whittem. And Tim is joining me today to share his insight and how this got put together. I know there's over 20 contributors to this, so it's an amazing work, over 400 pages. Tim, tell me about this and what was the inspiration behind it? Well, I really wanted to capture lightning in a bottle from um, reading so many people's posts on various Anne Frank uh, Facebook groups. Yes. Um, and it it just struck me that uh, so many people out there have this phenomenal connection with, with Anne Frank and that it's lasted for 60, 75, well, 70 plus years now. So because uh, Anne died in 1945, and here we are in 2021, and we're still talking about this this young lady. So, mm. um, in particular, the Anne Frank Book Collectors Club, um, and there was another one which doesn't exist anymore, but it was the legacy of Anne Frank. And I just noticed that there were so many people on those groups, and I thought, well, why why not? let these people speak and see if they could write something a little deeper and more involved about their connection with with Anne. And so I would post, I posted messages asking for contributions. And that's really how uh, these contributions came to me. And there really wasn't any that I had to reject because they were pretty much all very well written. They were very personal. And, um, you know, they wanted to talk about their journeys with Anne. I mean, none of us have met her. And that's why I put meeting in uh, quotation marks, because mm. I didn't want to mislead people into thinking that um, we'd met Anne. But I, we do have a, a few authors who um, have met her father, uh, Otto Frank, because he survived the Holocaust and the only one of the eight people that were um, oh. caught in hiding in Amsterdam. So, and also her cousin, who was living in in Switzerland, and so throughout the war, so he he obviously survived there. That's um, so they they get uh, some of the authors met him. And it was, you know, so that the, they've recorded their their uh, stories that way. Uh, they've also met some of Anne's friends because uh, one or two of her her friends also survived Amazing. the Holocaust. Obviously, obviously not as many as uh, we would have liked. So we got Hannah Gosler. She's now living in Jerusalem. Um, so I think Priscilla met her. And there's uh, Meet Geese who helped Anne. Uh, in hiding and the rest of the rest of those in hiding and uh she was the one who helped to preserve Anne's diary which was was found after the they were arrested on August uh, the 4th 1944 so so she preserved the diary with the help of uh another of my contributors who who wrote the foreword uh Yuk van White Voskill his mother is probably the closest direct connection to to Anne herself incredible um yeah so and his grandfather actually built the 
revolving bookcase that, that hid the entrance to the secret annex. The house itself, uh, the home itself, is is uh, available for touring if you ever go to Amsterdam. Uh, we have uh, been in Amsterdam, and uh, the, the tourism that has been generated because of that, and it's not just because of, uh, it's because of her inspiration, her diary, and the fact that she was only 15 years old when she passed, and uh, it also highlights the humanity of a young lady and also the lack of humanity by those who were trying to eradicate the Jewish faith and the people who were Jewish. That's an important part of that story, isn't it? Yes, it is. So I was just saying the importance of her diary and uh, the contributors. I, my impression is from just glancing through the number of, uh, of contributors, over 20 of them, that they really adopted Anne from reading her diary and uh, being acquainted with some of her relatives and so on. They really have adopted her as a sister or a family member. That, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Uh, adopted, yes. So she's she's like become the the sister or best friend, uh, even girlfriend or, or wife or mother. I mean, everybody's just sort of put something on her shoulders. You know, in some ways, it's a, it's a burden that I think Anne would be actually quite pleased to have because she was she was very. Um, gregarious, very uh, human person, very warm, and I, I think she'd be quite happy to see some of the roles that she's been given by my uh, um, co-authors and indeed by other people around the world. Um, so we try to capture that uh, in the book. And her desire as a very young child was to become an author or a uh, journalist or something in that genre. Yeah, she certainly wanted to, in, in her diary, she spoke, well, she really had several ambitions. She wanted to become a Dutch citizen after the war, and she would have written to the uh, Queen, who was Queen uh, Wilhelmina at the time, and uh, she was quite prepared to write to the Queen herself, because the the occupying authorities uh, stripped all Jews of their, their citizenship that, had, that were like refugees from, from Germany. That was part of the Nuremberg laws that got steadily imposed on the Netherlands. Hmm. Uh, so that was that was one ambition that Anne had, and the other was to, to become a writer. And I'm convinced that uh, I think she would have, you know, won several Pulitzer Prizes if she'd... Uh, um, but they don't have Pulitzer Prizes in the Netherlands. But uh, I think she would have won a lot of writing awards. So it's, it's very much a truncated talent that... Um, we're dealing with here. And also, we're, I, I want to give a shout out to her sister, uh, Margot, because she's the shadowy sister that's very often forgotten. Mm. In fact, some people don't even know that she had one. Um, but Margot wanted to become a, well, she, she wanted to be, be uh, um, a midwife, I believe, after the, the war. She'd survived and she would have gone to live in uh, what was then Palestine, now Israel. So, you know, she would have wanted to deliver babies, and that's kind of a nice thought to think how many babies might have been delivered by Margot if she'd survived. So, and uh, also, um, you know, Anne's mother Edith is uh, is another uh, figure that's often forgotten, not not least by um, you, you know part of the responsibility for that falls on Anne's shoulders because she wrote pretty disparagingly about her mother, but. 
after they were arrested and they went to transit camp of um, Camp Vesterbork in uh, northeast of the Netherlands before going to uh, Auschwitz, they were uh, all inseparable. So, Mm. you know, uh, both girls and their mother became very close because they were separated from their father Otto in, in Auschwitz. They never saw him again. Uh, once they got there on September the 6th, 1944. So, Did her father Otto uh, survive? I, I had the feeling that he, he did survive uh, Auschwitz, the uh, camps. Uh, he did, he did. He, he um, was found in the infirmary at the uh, when the camp was liberated on January 27th, 1945. Wow. And it was a very long journey, um, to get back to Amsterdam for him, because the war was still going on. So he actually went via uh, Odessa um, on the Black Sea, and then eventually he got on a ship to Marseille in France. And then uh, he didn't get back to Amsterdam until June the 3rd, 1945. Mm. Wow. The setting of uh, anti-Semitism, which uh, was also part of this story, how important is that to this book? Is it something that is going to be a reminder of uh, the inhumanity of man to man and how we need to avoid it in our contemporary society? Because there is, a, unfortunately, a rise of anti-Semitism that's taking place. Yeah, well, all of these books are that come out about the Holocaust, whether it be about Anne or anybody else, uh, they're all rebuttals of the anti-Semitism that um, was prevalent then and unfortunately still is uh, today. But, you know, it's also really about an ordinary teenage girl who had very ordinary teenage emotions as, as well. So... Um, that's why I think, you know, so many modern teenagers relate to Anne. So she was both this normal girl living, who was forced to be extraordinary before her time, because in the compressed circumstances of of hiding, she, you know, was forced to develop very fast. So there's this normality about Anne as a as a uh, a Dutch teenage girl. Um, and also this wider context that she had to live her life against this backdrop of this awful, you know, creeping anti-Semitism that was crushing the life out of the Jewish community in Amsterdam. I mean, it's it's almost unfathomable that 70%, or something like 70% of the Jewish population of the Netherlands was uh, exterminated in the Holocaust. I mean, it was one of the highest percentages anywhere. Incredible um, story. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. I, the The Netherlands was not governed by uh, military authority. They co-opted the Dutch civil service. And so, you know, it was a little different from when they occupied, say, France or, or other other countries. So in over the course of time, the Dutch resistance to it got much stronger, but it took a while for that to happen. Although the the biggest strike in Europe against the Nazi authorities actually took place on February the 25th, 1941 um, in Amsterdam. And there was like a mass strike, which took the Nazi authorities by surprise. And that was a protest against the deportation of, I think, something like 400 Jews to 
Mauthausen, which was uh, a camp in in Austria, and you know, no, no, none of those survived. But you know, it was very creeping. I, I mean, it's not like at first the Nazis didn't do anything in Holland, and then very quickly and steadily, people had to become registered as Jews, mm. and then they, you know, they had to go around with identity cards, and then there was even more restrictions until just before Anne went into hiding, you know, bikes had to be registered and then confiscated. And then, of course, uh, they had to all go around with those hideous yellow stars. Wow. And then that was like May 3rd, 1942. And then, of course, Anne and her family went into hiding on July 6th, 1942. So Anne was like 13 at that time. And so... It's, you know, so there's these two sides to Anne. So this is, wanted to stress the normality of her as a, a typical teenage girl, um, which many teenage girls can relate to today. And she talks a lot of, about, you know, growing up and her development in her diary. And then you've got this, this hideous backdrop of what was going on in the rest of Amsterdam. So, and, you know, she conveys, what's going on. I mean, she's terrified of the air raids because, you know, Royal Air Force planes were flying over Amsterdam to bomb targets in Germany and German anti-aircraft fire was were trying to knock them out of the sky on their way over. And so that terrified her. And uh, she was aware that people were being transported back east. So um, she does talk about what she heard on on the BBC, um, so she didn't know that people were being gassed. Wow. She just mentioned that in her diary. So, I mean, not a lot. There's only like one mention of it mm-hmm. uh, quite early on. But, yeah, she was she was suddenly aware of it. The 20 contributors, is there any cross-contamination or cross-stories that, uh, you know, are, are in your book, or does everyone approach the life of Anne Frank just a little bit differently in some manner or, or type? Um, no, they, they, we didn't, we didn't collaborate in terms of, do we want to say anything together? I, I just right. simply, uh, accepted what they wrote, um, you know, and so long as they weren't, uh, weird and <laughs> they were <laughs> healthy and, um, to the point in terms of when did they first encounter Anne's diary? When did they first, you know, what did it mean to them? How did it, it, you know, sort of transform them? You know, I think you can see that a lot in uh, uh, Yvonne's, um, Leslie's piece, I think, which she talks about, um, you know, communing with Anne on, on various different levels in, in terms of how reading the diary reminded her of her own life. And then Anne Talbot talks a lot about walking tour through Amsterdam, which is something that I really want to to do myself, and I haven't been able to. Believe it or not, I've never visited the Anne Frank house. Really? Uh, and, you know, I had a trip planned for last year, but the damn COVID really <laughs> intervened, and, uh, mm. you know, I couldn't get to either the UK or Amsterdam. Now I can get to Amsterdam, but I can't get to the UK. So, you know, it's all very frustrating, but I, I do want to go there, and I do want to visit the uh, Rivierenberg, which is the river district where Anne lived when she was uh, still free uh, on the Vedapline, which is part of that district. 
and also see where she went to school. So, so I, I went on a lot of personal journeys myself, just writing and editing the book, and and a lot of that is in my uh, copious endnotes. Mm. There's, there's a lot of those, <laughs> but um, you know, it was a personal journey, and it was very exciting to learn more about where Anne went to school and seeing what I could find out about about that and more about the Jewish experience in the Netherlands, which was, you know, one of the toughest anywhere, mm. that and Hungary. It's an amazing book, and again, with 20 different contributors, uh, two and a half years invested in putting this together, I think, or maybe even a little bit longer. I don't think there's another book on the marketplace that really uh, approaches the personal life of Anne Frank the way this particular book has done. I, I think it's a wonderful collaboration. Is there any message that you want to or that you think pops to the surface? I, I am thinking this is a book that anybody could read and perhaps should read, even especially the younger audience, so they'll get a grasp of what's happened in the past and uh, the importance of being a person of character like Anne Frank. What do you think about this? Well, I, I you know, the, the, the biggest lessons I have is, is the incredible relationship that Anne had with her father, Otto. And, you know, that was really what first drew me to Anne, you know, years ago was you know, this, this father was very understanding. He was very empathetic. He was very popular with both Anne and her friends. She absolutely adored him. And, you know, I think I, I mentioned, uh, well, I mentioned in the book, Matt and Savannah Shaw, who are a father-daughter uh, singing duo out of Utah. And the same inspiration that the two of them have is kind of like, for me, was the modern equivalent of, uh, how Otto was with with Anne, and I think if you you know if you were a teenage girl and you were missing that connection in your own life, I, I think you know the connection with with Otto and Anne, I think is is very powerful, and you know I see this with with Matt and Savannah Shaw, and and she actually is a huge Anne Frank fan, and I actually partially dedicated the book to her. So the type of Otto and relationship is something that I'm always looking out for in the world today. I think it's very powerful indeed. And so that, that you know, the family, the family connection that, what, that all four of them had, you know, I mean, mm. Edith, for example, her mother, you know, she had no idea that her daughters had been transported from uh, Auschwitz to uh, Bergen-Belsen in October at the end of October 1944, and right up until when she died, Edith was still hoarding food uh, for her two girls. So, you know, it's a very tragic thing, but it's that family, and I think we're we're missing a lot of that in the, you know, in this modern world that we live in, that family is just a a weakening structure these days. And, you know, I just want to remind people that you know, it, it was a time of huge sacrifice. Like many Jewish families, when they were hiding in, in Amsterdam, they they would split up from, you know, the children would go somewhere, uh, the parents would go somewhere else. Uh, but with, with the Franks family, Otto realized that there was absolutely no way that his daughter would be able to survive without him. And there was no way that he would ever want to be separated from them either so that's why they all went into hiding together but you know eight people in one 
small hiding place. It, it was pretty unusual. Mm. That's a compelling story, you know, a compelling life also. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that insight and uh, for compiling the uh, thoughts and the emotions of over 20 contributors. The title of the book, again, is Meeting and Frank, an anthology. The editor and um, contributor to this who has joined me is Tim Whittem. Sir, where do my listeners get copies of this? Well, we have our website. We've got meetingandfrank.com, and that has all the uh, the outlets where you can buy the book online. Um, it is actually, you know, through all Amazon outlets, so the worldwide. Uh, and I've got links to each one of the countries that Amazon has a, a presence in, uh, including the Netherlands and, you know, other France, Germany, Spain, Italy, Japan, Australia. So you, you, can, you can buy links to that. We're also on Facebook. So we have a Meeting Anne Frank Facebook group as well. And then there's also the Anne Frank Book Collectors Club where we talk about new books that are coming out about Anne. Because they, they're coming out all the time. And, and they're a mixture of, of bio, well, most of them are biographies of varying degrees of uh, depth, uh, including the you know, the beautiful photographs of Anne, which, hmm. you know, the photograph album fortunately survived, and all of those photos have become completely iconic of her and her sister Margot. So, and you can see a lot of those posted on another Facebook group, Remembering Anne Frank, but we have some of them in our book because I was able to illustrate this one so fabulous tim thank you for taking the time and also pursuing the passion of getting to know Anne in this particular book the title of which is meeting and frank an anthology and my guest who has joined me is tim whittem thank you sir for joining me today and sharing your story thank you my pleasure for ex libris on air this is jay douglas barker <laughs>